Channing and Mackenzie here, and you're listening to Freshman Founders, a podcast for people who are interested in starting their first business and want to know how it really works. Whether you're a business major, interested in the startup lifestyle, or passionate about making a particular change in the world, this podcast is the one for you. Welcome back to Freshman Founders. We are happy to be back. Hello, Kens. How are you doing? I am doing great. It is a beautiful day in Austin. How's it in Nashville? It's looking good. It's looking good. You know, we're in that, uh, I, I laughed. There was a meme about how Tennessee and Nashville has like 12 seasons and it's like fake spring, fake summer. We're kind of back to fake winter, which I'm not down for, but. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. Don't like that. Isn't it been like 90 degrees in Austin? Yeah, it was like 90 earlier this week or late March. And I think it's kind of cold again, but we're looking like staying in the 80s from here on out. Wow. Yeah, we're kind of in the. Don't hate it. No, that's that is awesome for March and April. That is. Yeah. Game changer. Just a. Give me a call when it's August and we'll, we'll see. <laughs> no. no kidding. No, I'll, I'll want to be out of here by then for sure. Man. Well, uh, I love Austin. We um, were a little late to putting out this episode because we actually, uh, Mackenzie was in the South by Southwest madness and it was awesome getting to come in, visit you for a few and really rock the tech portion of it. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, this was the, well, South by finally was back in person after two years and it was fully back. Like it was back to how it's been and we got to see all of it and it was nonstop. I just forgot how, I feel like my social tolerance was not as high Mm. still coming out of COVID and, you know, going to events in the like weeknights, but that's like an all day, every day, four days straight of the investor tech side. And then obviously the music side is a very different element, but also nonstop. I was tired. (laughs) Wow. You bring up such an interesting point that society has changed a lot since we've had a full scale, full blowout South by, and it's a lot just in normal setting but then tack on that we really haven't been needing to be that social that amount of time in a really long time yeah i think a lot of people felt that way they were like wow i mean i've only been networking and doing these events for two days but i feel like i need a a whole day off from it because it's not you know going it's one thing if you're going to the conference and just like watching people speak but when you're actually at these events and meetings talking to people about your business and getting kind of grilled on how it works, why you're all the questions about your business and for your financials, it's exhausting. And your brain is just like rapid fire for days and hours on end. Yeah, this is, this was a unique one for us. um, Just because in today it's going, going to lead in hopefully pretty well into what we're talking about today, but we are in fundraising mode and I personally didn't even realize how great of a event South by can be to really lean up against when trying to, to fundraise and utilize that as a resource. But I've tried to explain it to people what 
those few days in the tech portion was like. And I'm like, I'm not kidding you. I lost my voice day two. Yeah. I, I am pathetic. Like we were pitching till 1 a.m. <laughs> every night, like really at events, not just having a good old time. Like it was right. great and all, but we were, we were working a long I know. time. I've never lost my voice from just conversations. Like yes. I'll lose my voice after screaming at a concert that I really like, but just talking that much, like, and every a lot of people lost their voice. It was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> Intense. And like, I mean, there was, it, I think it really just uh, showed how much different of a setting we were in uh, this go around because it was like, you know, we would, we'd, continue to the next we'd go to to someone's house and continue and it was still pitching nonstop. i just it was a eye-opening experience for sure but it was great it was it was exactly yeah. what we set out to do um and the big theme of this episode i think that will ring true is we are treating fundraising differently this go around and there's been a natural shift because of that and how we're going about it, how we're preparing for it, who we're talking to. And we wanted to have this episode today. Yes, we've done episodes of fundraising in the past, but I think it's so true that fundraising evolves as the entrepreneur evolves. And uh, we've, we've picked up a few tips and tricks throughout this most recent um, endeavor. So we thought it'd be helpful to just really shed some light on what we've been doing and Hopefully yeah. it can be of help to people out there maybe thinking about fundraising at this level. Yeah, it's so different. I mean, we're at a very different level in our company than the last time we talked about fundraising on this pod. Uh, we're raising a different amount. We're making more money. We have a bigger team. Like the business is different. So obviously the fundraising is different. Um, <laughs> but some things stay the same as far as like due diligence, what a pain in the ass it is for us and co and complicated it can be, but obviously very necessary. And, you know, you have to do it no matter what. Uh, but I will say this time around, I don't know. I feel like in a way it's kind of easier raising 100%. more money than it yeah. was raising like a seed round. I don't yes. I mean, obviously we also have better stats and like better revenue. So I'm sure that is helpful, but it just is better. Yeah. I, I really see, you know, we would always hear these claims. Um, that's like, oh, you know, once you have some traction, you get some people excited. It's a, like the momentum effect and people want to get in. They don't want to miss out. And I'm like, where is this? Because right? I feel like I have to sell my soul Absolutely. to get $100,000. So how is this going to work? And man, it is, I, I can see it now. I understand what people are saying. And what I'd like to do today is really break that down. Because I was always, I felt like it was a mystery a little bit. Um, but it, it, it is true. You're 100% right. Like, trying to raise that couple hundred K. Well, it's just really, you're also going to be raising that from angels that have to take the biggest risk on you. They're yeah. going to be the ones to help get you to the place where funds and strategics will actually start paying attention. So totally, I get it that it's, I looking back now, why it was hard, especially hard then. Um, but I think now seeing where we're at now, 
Um, I'm also understanding how important it was for us to really focus on our traction. And obviously you're always trying to grow your business, but as soon as you just have some really qualified numbers and, uh, being able to show the growth, uh, everything changes, which is what we've seen. And we can definitely dive into that. Yep. Some other questions slash just things I think we can answer are, you know, how much money you should raise, how to prioritize what to spend it on and how to value yourself. I think those are things we could touch on this time as well that, you know, we feel pretty confident in, in having done. Totally. And I think what allowed us to actually get confident with those numbers and have the strategy is we really, um, we, we, we set up a plan and I, you know, didn't realize how much time it should take more in the planning section, but we, we even said, we're like, okay, in four to five months from now, we will be opening up our round. These are the kinds of strategics we want in. We started building a list. These are the events we'll go to, to help create momentum and buzz. This is where we'll probably value ourselves. But first we got to really build out our financial model and prove it. We need to take the past three quarters, nine months to show that growth. Like it was so calculated. Whereas before it's like, oh, mm, (laughs) next month, you know, or a couple of months from now, like we got to, I know we wouldn't wait that long, but it was definitely more of a free for all. It felt. Yeah. And I mean, before we would get all of our documents together, deck, everything before even having a conversation. But this time we were like, let's do South by as a you know way to start having those conversations, gauge interest. We don't even have a deck yet, but let's like get to see who's interested and say, Hey, we're not actually opening yet, but we'll let you know when we are and we'll have a deck for you then. And that has been great. Cause like now we have this huge pipeline of people that are interested that we can just send our materials to. And then it really, I mean, that narrows it down. Obviously people who are going to only invest in a certain, like write a certain check size or invest in a certain industry or certain model, you know, obviously those people will fall off quickly, but now we don't have to like start from scratch and just kind of like, we really got ahead of the game. We got a kickstart here with having those conversations first. You just nailed it. That was one of the best things we could have done, I think, was because, you know, we're not trying to be dicks here. Like it it was true. We were not opening the round until the first week of April. We're having these conversations a month, two months ago. That just also, I think, helps the investor see that we're being thoughtful about this, that, yeah, let's start the conversation. Let's start the relationship now, but we're not asking anything of you right now. Let's just have, let's just have a chat. And Two, you know, we've, we've gotten some feedback from some close advisors that when you do, they're always going to ask, what are you thinking about valuation? How much are you raising? What are the terms of this? And, you know, as we have kind of moved more and more closer to that actual launch date, we've been able to give, give a better idea, but we've been able to build momentum and an increase in desire by starting earlier, I think, and where our valuation will end up we've been able to test that out with people. Um, you also, you know, because when the deck goes out, you want to be clear on that. Like you want to have the term set 
You want to know what you're shooting for and you got to shoot your shot. And we, especially in the crazy times of the world right now, we needed to, you know, feel out where we could really go and what would be the smartest move for us valuation wise. Yep. Yeah. We have gone all over the place as far as start, like where we were thought we were going to value ourselves across the board, just totally different numbers all over. And finally we feel like we've gotten a pretty comfortable, you know, at least a solid range. But I mean, we were at one point like hundred million dollar of a range here of like what we're going to value ourselves. And also a lot of people are going to give you their feedback on what they think you should be valued at. And they might not even know your business, like which in a good or bad way, like they might say, oh, you're worth this much. And you're like, well, actually like not yet, you know, like we can't actually prove that we're worth that at this point, but I thank you for being hyped about our company or the opposite. They're like, I don't see how this could ever be worth more than this. And you're like, well, yeah, because you don't know that we do this, this and this. So it's really hard to kind of navigate all the feedback you're going to be getting from investors, but just knowing your business the best, like knowing that you know your business best and where you actually can grow. It's pretty complicated, but just like kind of trust your gut really at the end of the day is kind of something I felt strongly about. I love that you bring that up because I, I think that that was such an important thing for us to have to go through when even at the beginning people are like, this is what you're worth. Like, because they, I get it. They're trying to just make sure we don't undervalue ourselves. And there's definitely a part to that, that every entrepreneur internally, some are better than others. Um, I'm not great at it, but you know, really like shooting for the stars on what you can get valuation wise. That's great and all I get it. But when thinking about the next round, it's, it's really important and the timing of the next round Because you're going to have to grow into that valuation enough to then not do a down round on the next one. Mm -hmm. And we have to be realistic as founders because, hey, yes, of course we have that bull case, that that best case scenario. But we also have the bear case. What happens Mm -hmm. if this doesn't go as expected? You have to look at your surroundings, look at the environment, look at the economy. And we take a look at things. It is not clear what lays ahead in the next 12 months. And- we, if we if we can get through a pandemic as a company, we can sure as hell get through this next sta- stage. But I'm really glad that we took a still shooting high, but a conservative valuation because we're thinking if we take that next round, we can't do a down round. And I think no. a lot of companies, especially the Silicon Valley style, of course, we're not that. We just naturally come from a more conservative Southeast mindset. We need a, we need a meet in the middle, but- yeah. We've seen how that can negatively negatively impact an early stage company. Totally. And it's easy to get like caught up in the hype of someone telling you you're worth so much. You're like, oh my gosh, I am. This is awesome. Like you, you, you think so, but that is the risk is a down round. And it's so, like you said, with the account, like things are, who knows what things are going to look like in 12 months from now. So you really should, I do kind of, like to be conservative in a way in those in with those numbers because better safe than sorry and like the it's pretty risky to go all up go all in as far as valuing yourself too high 
turn the whole city and country into your office with DeskPass, a co-working surface that gives you access to professional workspaces, meeting rooms, and private offices so you can enjoy the freedom to choose when and where your best work happens. You'll also be surrounded by other entrepreneurs and remote workers from a variety of industries to help take your business networking to the next level. Get a free trial and five free visits at DeskPass.com. Brex is the perfect financial solution for small businesses and newly founded startups. By offering credit cards, cash management, expenses, and accounting services all in one place, they help founders and their teams stay focused on what they care about most. You can open an account online in 10 minutes and get an account number, routing number, and credit cards instantly upon approval with no personal guarantee. Brex also doesn't charge fees to send checks, ACH, or wires, even internationally, and you earn up to eight times in cash back on your Brex card. With your credit, cash, and controls in one place, Brex is your financial operating system. You can go to brex.com slash freshmanfounders to submit a 10-minute application online to get a sign-up bonus, expedited onboarding, 5K in AWS credits, and many more bonuses up to $300 via in-platform rewards. I, I, I think it also, it's just, uh, you really got to test it out and got to just talk with multiple advisors because that was another thing as we were, oh, so sorry. Um, let me start over. We, that's something you've got to talk about with your advisors and mentors because you want to have, like, think about that presidential cabinet. I know I've brought this up before, but you want to have those differing mindsets of, shooting for the stars, being conservative. And we've naturally kind of got that um, from the different people we've brought in to really help us build this round. And ultimately, it's a theme always for us, but it's always about coming back to your core. And we come back to just me and Ken's talking through what do we believe in, what do we value, and where do we want to sit as a company. And you always have to come back to that, especially in fundraising, because people can jerk you around faster in fundraising than anything else a hundred percent yes fortunately we've worked together for so long and we can be confident enough in what we know that this is worth that we can just be like all right you guys are full of it and move on so would would always caution to you know trust your gut like we said same thing with how much to raise just as easy as it is to, you know, maybe overvalue yourself. You could think, well, you know, why not raise $20 million if we can right now? And a lot of people say raise when you can, which there's definitely some truth to that. It, it's so, it's so hard to raise money and takes so much time. So yeah, might maybe raise more than you actually need or should, but I would say that it's a fine line of when, you're going to be giving away too much for like, you're going to be paying a lot of money in equity for the money right now, where it's going to maybe, maybe it would have been worth it to wait nine months and raise that real, that real big round then. Um, so we've thought about, you know, at one point we were like, do we raise 10 million? Do we raise 15 million? And we've really brought it back down to a more realistic number three, three to 4 million is now what we're looking at. And I think, that's just what we know we really need and can do a lot with and show a ton of growth with and not give away too much of our company right now. And that, that really matters. That's going to make a big difference in a year. 
Absolutely. And two, I mean, I didn't really appreciate until we went through the process. It's not just saying where capital's going to go. It's saying like, how are you going to deploy that capital and when? Because for us, like, yeah, we could go and raise all that money, but how are we actually going to use that money effectively and timely and get to the place we need to based on milestone markers? We're just in our company growth and trajectory. It is what it is. Like we know how to spend that money versus the three X or four X we could. Um, and I just, I know like we're also for us, we're good with this and you've got to be good with what your business and its track is and its path. But, you know, we have taken a more leveled stacking stepping stone approach to our growth and that kind of round for us right now versus jumping for the stars, it just, uh, we can really see the path forward. I remember you and I were talking and I'll always remember when you, you said, you're like, you know, I can, I can get down to raise that level of money. I can, I can, you know, stomach that, but I feel so much more confident in us raising this amount of money because I know exactly where to spend it. Yeah. I think, I mean, certainly we can figure out where we want to spend $10 million. Like we could spend it. No problem. Who couldn't? Let's, everyone gets a salary. Everyone gets a bonus. You know, like we can, we hire way more people than we even need. And it might, it's probably like people running around, chickens running around with their heads cut off. Um, but we could figure it out. But I think being a little, again, being a little more conservative here and raising, not, I mean, the the three to four million that we plan to raise is what we need and a, a little extra too like we're still you know we're not going to raise exactly just what we like this is this is to grow we're going to more than double our team this year and grow like crazy still and spend more money on marketing than we've ever been able to um so we're not being conservative than that we're just growing a tiny bit like we really want to grow but we, we do still, you know, there's so many people it, from all over the place too. Like the different people in different cities think raising different amounts is more valuable than not. Obviously in the Southeast, it's different than East and West coasts. And even what you call the round, like we we're kind of been coining the seed plus round because we have raised some seed money before and it's not quite a series A. Um, but everyone has a different opinion about that. Everyone kind of thinks it should be called something else. So you really just also got to decide. And if you're confident in saying what it is, I think people are like, cool, that sounds good to me. They're not going to argue with you if you're confident about it. Absolutely. And touching on, you know, investors for, for a second, something I want to talk about too is the strategy behind who you are raising from and what kind of money you're raising from. Uh, what I mean by that is in this round, I think I would argue this round is going to be more important in the kinds of people and groups we bring on than a series A. And I, I think that because it's all about what can that money and what can those contacts do for you? Who's on their portfolio? 
What kind of contracts could they potentially bring to the table? What kind of strategic partnerships could they bring? Not just the money. So we've been extra paying attention to really interesting, unique music or tech-based VCs, some strategic partners, family offices with interesting assets. We're looking at this as who's going to help us set the foundation to really kick it up and grow. Um, Series A, it really matters like who, who leads the round, what kind of foundation do they have? It signals to others to that they can trust for good follow on for the future. But I think where we're at, it's really important. Um, the kinds of relationships we bring on. Yep, absolutely. This is such a important time in our growth where a partnership is going to be a a strategic partnership is going to be more valuable than just cash. You know, we can go and get money, just get money from anywhere. We can get money from a bank, but where are we actually going to be able to grow? What people are going to be able to connect us with the right partners and plug us into more business pretty quickly rather than just being a check? Because, and and I think that we didn't have that luxury in the past of being able to kind of pick and choose who we take money from. We've just been in survival mode, you know, especially after, during and after COVID, it's just been, well, we need this money to survive. So like the, the person that's willing to give it to us the soonest, we will take it, you know, and now we're, we're in a much better place. We're, our revenue is growing. We're growing as a business. And we can be picky with the people that we work with. And that is a great place to be. Yes. It's, there's uh, so much more strategy and opportunity behind it when I, when I think a, a founder can think this way. And for us, just to dive a little bit more into the how we're doing this, we, so we initially um, had a, you know, stakeholder and family and friends update list. And that's always just people that we're keeping in the loop on our growth. But we started building a pipeline specifically for this raise a couple months ago. And we knew we would go into South by and we would pick up a lot of other uh, connections and then it'd be a ripple or trickle effect, you know, where we would get more. But now we have this master list that we are going out and, um, and, and bringing our, uh, you know, deck and other kinds of documents too to really see who's going to be the right fit for us. So it's, it really truly has been uh, a couple month process to prepare all of this just to launch it, not including raising and closing. Right. And it's always going to take that long. That's unfortunately just inevitable uh it always does take that time to build those relationships and do the due diligence and thank god i have channing as a partner and just partnerships in this in raising are so nice because at least you can split up some of the work like because fundraising is a full-time job let alone keeping the business going you know it's like having these meetings doing all this due diligence like it takes time so so thankful that we our partnership in this time in our business more than ever, more than ever, because it's complicated. Oh my God. I could not agree more. I agree more than ever. Um, because also too, for me, like, like you said earlier, there's so much being thrown at us 
everyone has an opinion and I really will live and die by the statement of being able to come back and just talk with you about what's going on and we can get grounded and rooted again because everyone's like all airheady about it and we just need to come back to what we believe and then we can move forward. We can actually start asking investors, what can you do for us? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what, what either relationships can you bring or partnerships or experience in this type of growth can you bring for us? That's, that's another part of it. That's kind of nice. I think you just touched on the biggest change for us uh, to, to change our perspective on is what can you do for me? And because we've done a lot <laughs> to, to yeah. get here. And if you're going to take a pretty serious stake in our company, we want to make sure you're the right one and that this is that you're going to really be able to, to do what you say you will. I think that that concept Ken's that you just touched on is a great spot for us to, uh, pause on the fundraising conversation. I even think it would be interesting to maybe have a part two in a couple of weeks because we're yeah. launching it now. <laughs> we're excited. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. And then yep. I think it'd be pretty cool for us to talk about uh, implementing that, that round into our business. I love it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll do a part two for fundraising. I feel like we could talk about this for days, totally. so we'll keep it going. Awesome. Have a good one. <laughs>